Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 212, and today I've got a guest on. Actually, you guys might have heard of him before. His name's Chris Schaefer, and he is going to break down and simplify the process for getting ungated in these gated categories. I've had a lot of people ask in the Facebook community. I've had people helping, but it's it's really not that big of a deal, but there are some obstacles and some hurdles that we have to overcome. So I figured I would ask him. He's done it numerous times. He actually just recently did it for something that him and I are working on together. We had a, a few uh, a few sticky points there, but we got through them and I wanted him to break down and simplify that process. So that's what he's agreed to do. So really, really awesome stuff. Um, actually, just recently, we uh, were at an event together called the TAS Breakthrough Live event. And uh, again, he was uh, talking to people there about how to get ungated or some of the things that they were facing that they could have gotten around if they just would have went through some of these steps. So really awesome to have him back on. And uh, you guys may or may not know that he helps me a lot uh, when it comes to the workshops that we do, our private label classroom. Uh, so he's just a huge part of this business model because he deals with a lot of different businesses in the Amazon space. He's helped a lot of uh, businesses, brick and mortar, uh, take their their products and bring them online. So really excited to have him on. Before we do jump into the conversation that him and I had together, I did want to remind you if you wanted to download the transcripts from today's episode and the show notes and all that good stuff, you're going to want to head over to the show notes page and that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 212. And again, all of the show notes and the transcripts will be there for you. You can read them right there or you can download the transcripts there as well. This might be one you might want to do that because he does go through some steps as far as what you need to do and what to look out for. And I believe he's also going to give us a resource to uh, to actually make it a little bit easier to uh, to kind of go through this process. So definitely going to want to check out the show notes. All right, so I'm going to stop rambling. As you guys know, I tend to do when I get excited, especially. So let's go ahead and listen to this conversation that I had with Mr. Chris Schaefer. All right, so Chris Schaefer, welcome back once again. We're going to talk about ungating, which has uh, been coming up quite a bit, actually, uh, in the uh, the Facebook group, also in our class, and just all around out there on the internet. So welcome back to the podcast, brother. How's it going? Pretty good, my friend. How are you doing? Doing amazing. It's a beautiful morning here, and uh, getting ready to talk about... Uh, getting ready to talk about this ungating thing. So um, let's kind of dig in. Uh, let's not uh, let's not beat around the bush here. Let's, let's dig right in here. I know that you've kind of uh, went through this uh, numerous times for clients. You've actually done it for something that you and I are working on together. And uh, I think there's been different experiences, I guess, with within different categories or just whoever you talk to. So maybe you can run us through those five steps that you've kind of broken down and kind of uh, give us, uh, I guess, the ins and the outs. And also just to let people know that there's not one set way that's going to work, right? <laughs> that's, that's. I mean, we're done. <laughs> we're done. We don't have to cover anything. Yeah, show, point, I show over. I think just to let everyone know there, there's no one set way. But there are a few things um, that you can do to you know, get yourself prepared as best as possible. And I think that's the key is really giving them as much information as possible. Let's talk a little bit about why you feel that they, they are, are gating these different categories first. So there, there's a couple different reasons. Um, the big one and, you know, 
there's a couple of categories. I think right now there's like 20 or 21 categories on Amazon that are gated. And the reason that a lot of them are gated are to protect consumers actually, right? So you have something like beauty, health and personal care um, and sexual wellness is the other one or the grocery and gourmet food for instance, right? All of those are gated so that they can make sure that the quality of the product is good. Then they have some other things like collectible coins and collectible books, entertainment collectibles, and those are gated just to make sure, again, that the quality is good but for a different type of product. Does that make sense? So like in the collectible space, they want to make sure that you're not selling non-collectible items. In beauty, health, and personal care, obviously, they have a vested interest in making sure that the product isn't going to harm anyone. And so they want to make sure that you are a legitimate vendor for that product. It's not that it's you know a restricted product in the sense of something like a, a switchblade knife where Amazon can't sell it. They're just trying to make sure that you as a supplier are giving them quality goods so that they don't end up in hot water on their end if somebody runs into trouble. Yeah. And I mean, this is different than also, I believe, than, uh, you know, some people saying that they can't uh, they can't do pay per click. I mean, th- those are two different animals, right? It is. And, you know, the the big category that pops to mind when people say, oh, I'm in this category and can't do pay-per-click is jewelry. And there are people in jewelry who can do pay-per-click, but you have to be invited. They're not really letting new people into that space for pay-per-click, but you can still get ungated in jewelry and you can still sell in jewelry. You just can't launch with pay-per-click up front unless you were previously approved before they they brought that down last year. Yeah. Let me ask you something here, too. And I get this question uh, a lot is. Okay, let's say, for example, I can't or I, I, I've got to go into a gated category or maybe I want to go into a, a category that, that they don't offer pay-per-click anymore for that category for new people that are selling in that category. You know, they ask me, can I can I sell mine in a different category? What would what would your I guess your feedback or your uh, your uh, yeah response be to that kind of question? You're going to love this. It depends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know I love and we were just in Denver and I gave that answer a whole bunch of times, but it, it really does depend, right? If it's something, um, let's just say health and beauty, right? Or beauty versus health and personal care. You could put a lotion technically in either, right? But where I like to be personally is where my competitors are because even while most people start at that homepage of Amazon, they don't start in a category search. If for whatever reason you end up in a category search as a customer, your product wouldn't show up then. So if somebody typed in lotion, they clicked on a listing, they ended up in health and beauty, and then they typed in you know facial lotion. If you're listed in health and personal care and they're then searching inside of beauty, you're not going to show up, even though you might show up for facial lotion if they searched it from the Amazon homepage. So I like to be where my competition is. Even if that means I, I wouldn't necessarily be able to run PPC, and I know you guys all have heard me talk about PPC um, and how much I love it, but I would rather give that up to be where my competition is in those cases. That being said, if you can find competitors that are in either category, I would feel comfortable listing it in either category. Okay. What are your thoughts on that, Scott? Yeah. I'm curious where you sit on that. No, I, I agree, and actually that is kind of uh, the answer that I gave wasn't that it you know, I didn't say, you know, exclusively like it depends, but it does. But because uh, that's always a good answer. But the, the thing is, is it really comes down to where does your product fit? Right. right. You don't want to put that product in a category that it doesn't fit just so you're not in, an, in a gated category or if you're in a category that doesn't allow pay per click. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. So you have to use your head on that. You got to use your common sense. And, you know, 
yes, it can work in some certain, you know, circumstances, but in, in most it probably can't because you do want to be where your competition is. And if, again, it's another, another hoop you have to jump through, but also that makes it harder for other people to then come in as well. So that's where I would stand on that. You- you touched on two golden nuggets right there. One, yes, it's a barrier to entry, but barriers to entry are only bad for people trying to enter. Once you're in, it's great for you, mm. right? And the other one is don't try to put it in another category just so you can get around this process. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Take it, take those because, extra steps. Specifically because, you know, l- let's go back to that lotion example, right? So it could fit in health and personal care or it could fit in beauty. Not really another place where it would fit. Guess what? Both of those are gated. So it doesn't matter which one of those two you put it in. You're still going to have to go through essentially the same process. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you could list it in home and kitchen, I guess, technically, but that's not where it would fit. And so if Amazon comes through and looks at your listing, they're going to delist you until you go through this process. You might as well do it up front. Yeah, no, I agree 100 percent. So, okay, let's dig in then. So let's say that I have to get ungated. What are my first steps? What is the first step that I need to do to start, uh, you know, start that process? So the first thing you need to look at is you need to look at what category you're going to list it in. And we just talked about that a little bit. But as I mentioned right now, and we can include a lot of this stuff in the show notes because it is kind of a dense topic, but there are about 20 categories on Amazon right now that are restricted or gated, as we call it in the FBA community. And the big ones there obviously are beauty, health and personal care. So anything that goes in your body, on your skin, grocery and gourmet foods, sexual wellness, and then one that we hear a lot about, Scott, is is like jewelry, watches, and then sunglasses and, and those kinds of things are gated as well. If you guys are doing retail arbitrage, one of the big ones that's gated is videos, DVDs, and Blu-rays. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So there's, uh, there's what, about 20 different categories. There's some main categories. So, okay, we need to figure out Number one, what category we're going into. Let's say, for example, let's just use an example. Let's just say it's in beauty, right? Uh, if we are wanting to go into that category, what's our first step? Do they have a form? And again, I'm pl- I'm playing, you know, the the person on the other end that you're helping. I kind of know the answers to these, but I because we've already been through this. But I want to kind of just kind of go through that process step by step. So, what's the first thing that you're going to do for me as a client that you're going to go ahead and get me ungated? So, the first thing you have to do is, especially for beauty, and and most of these gated requirements are that you are on the professional seller plan. So if you guys are on the, the individual seller plan, you do have to be on professional for almost all of these, and it may be all of these at this point. Last time I looked, I think it was like 19 out of 20. So if you're on that individual plan, you do have to to switch to the monthly plan through Amazon. And what is that still? Is that like $39.99 a month or something like that? I believe it's still $39.99. Okay. Yeah, and, I should and probably for, look at my credit card statement. Yeah, right. I mean, for for people that don't know that, that are brand spanking new, uh, you know, that, that allows you to uh, use all of their tools in the back end. It gives you a pay-per-click that you can use if you're obviously in a category that allows pay-per-click. Uh, so you get all of all of the back-end tools and all that stuff. Uh, and you also don't pay that extra. What is it now, Chris, the fee if you're not? not a, uh, a pro seller. Is it a dollar per listing extra? It ends up being a dollar a sale. Okay. Dollar a sale. And so if you're selling more than 40 things a month, if you're selling more than like one and a half units a day, you mm. might as well be on the professional plan because yeah. then you're not paying the dollar, but you still pay the the fulfillment fees. Yeah. And you get all those other, those other features, but anyway, okay. So you need that. We, we, we need that. Let's say that we have that. The second thing you need to look at is what Amazon calls their seller performance metrics. Now, if you guys are brand new, obviously you're going to meet all of these requirements. 
If you're not brand new, you've been selling for a while, take a look at it. Chances are, especially if you're you're following kind of what we've talked about here and you're using FBA, that it's not going to be a problem. But Amazon wants to see that you are within the seller performance targets, which means you have an order defect rate of less than 1%. You have a pre-fulfillment cancellation rate mm. of less than 2.5%. So basically, it's between the time that somebody orders it and Amazon fulfills it, as long as less than 2.5% of people, so three people out of every 100, right, because you don't have half of people, um, <laughs> three people out of every 100 don't return their order before it's shipped. Yeah, okay. Which you know, that that one, I've, I don't think I've ever seen an account with that rate high. And then a late shipment rate of less than 4%. That's really only a concern if you're merchant fulfilling. Okay. If you're using FBA, you don't have to worry about it. But I have worked with people who were merchant fulfilling, and we had to bring those numbers into range before you were able to even apply because they'll just reject you outright if you do not meet their seller performance targets. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you need those things in place. So we got to make sure that that stuff's dialed in. What's the next step? The next thing you need to keep in mind is that you have to be selling new products. Again, for most of us in this audience, if you're selling private label, it's always going to be new, right? With the exception of things like collectibles, almost all of these categories are going to require that the products are new. If you're selling private label, you don't have to worry about that. But if I was selling a video game, um, I still would have to get ungated, correct? Uh, Video games, I don't think are. It's videos like... VHS. Oh, okay. Okay. DVD and yep. Blu-ray. Okay. Okay. So those right. I those I would have to, even if I found something that was on closeout, I still would have to do that. Yeah, you would still have to get ungated. Okay. All right. Um, so let's let's move let's move through. So specifically talking about private labels. So the next the next big step, once you've kind of looked at your category, you understand that you meet all of the specific requirements for that category. Talk to your supplier. So this is specifically for private label people. You need to let them know that you're going to need something special. And in most categories, Amazon requires, for the application, they require a copy of three purchase orders or invoices from the last 90 days. So, you know, 90 days previous from today, right? For beauty products specifically, which is what we're talking about, you have to have all of those things kind of outlined, Right. And health and personal care is very similar. They want to know exactly what you bought on those invoices. Now, a lot of private labelers throw up their hands and say, I'm placing my first order. There's no way I can get ungated. Maybe I'll just go the receipt route. Right. And you used to be able to just walk into Walmart, buy a couple health and beauty products on a receipt and submit that. Amazon is is kind of cracking down on that. But you don't have to worry about that, especially as a first time seller, because if you're talking to your supplier like you should be, you say, look, guys, what I need you to do. I need you to split my first order into three invoices. I'm going to pay you for them all up front, but I need it just for my accounting purposes. I need it split into three individual invoices with three different invoice numbers and three different invoice dates. They'll be able to do it for you. They'll, they may ask you why and just say you need it for accounting purposes. Um, it's not usually an issue. They'll almost always be able to do that. Now, on each of those invoices, and Scott, if I get a little dense here, just let me know. Okay, I'll, I'll uh, give you a smack if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> on each of those invoices, you need to have uh, a website URL, which is kind of similar to if you're, if you're doing brand registry. It doesn't have to be a full website, but it, you do kind of have to have a landing page in a lot of cases. Um, you need to have the business address of your store or office. So... The thing that a lot of people run into here, and this is where I see a lot of sellers get caught up, 
the address on the invoice doesn't match exactly with your registered business address. And is that kind of what happened to us? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because we, 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 we think so. I mean, we, we fixed it and it, and it kind of went away, but there was a couple other things that we had to fix too, right? Right. And okay. so if, if it doesn't match the reg- – Amazon has a lot of your business information, obviously, because you have a professional seller account. And so they can look and they can look at some of the state databases and see what your registered business address is. Just make sure that the, the address on the invoice matches whatever you filed when you filed to incorporate your business. If you don't have an incorporated business, just use your home address. Make sure that the address matches what's in the Amazon account. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I see a lot of people get tripped up because they have a, maybe a P.O. box – Right, that they like all their mail to get sent to, but the address in the Amazon account is their physical home address. Make sure that the invoice matches whatever that Amazon account address is, and you should be okay. Yeah, Let, let's pause there for a second because I, I want to rewind just a little bit because before you actually submit this stuff, you you have to have that website created, guys. So it doesn't have to be a full fledged website, like Chris was saying. I mean, this is something you could probably hire on Upwork or even on Fiverr and just have someone just create. You can create one yourself, um, but it has to be a website that has a physical presence there, in a sense. Um, so this way, here when you direct people to that, so you have to buy a domain name. GoDaddy, Bluehost, wherever you want to go. And then from there, buy that domain name that has to point to that website. And that website can, again, I would say at the very least, I mean, because if you're going to brand register, you're going to need it anyway, is to have a contact form or contact us form, uh, about us page, and then product page. And then from there, you're good to go. Uh, So I just wanted to interject there because that that is an important piece there in this process. Right, Chris? It is. And if you don't have it, a lot of times they'll just out and out reject you. Mm. Um, the, the other thing that needs to be on there in addition to your address is the address of your manufacturing plant, yeah. right? And this is one of the reasons that, that you've heard Scott and I say for health and beauty or for, uh, well, beauty or health and personal care, I guess would be the actual yeah. category name, yeah. um, that you want to source from the U S yep. is because they need the address of your manufacturing plant. If it's going in your body, on your skin, anything like that, you want them to be registered with the FDA Amazon does kind of check those things. And for health and personal care or for beauty, if they can't find them on the FDA registration list, they'll just reject you. Yeah. So they they take a look at the business name and the address, and they try to match that up with an FDA certificate. If they can't find it, then they reject you. Okay. Okay. Uh, Keep going. You know, and and so there's there's some of those kinds of things that you need to have on those invoices. The other thing is a lot of you guys will will go down this process and when you click on that on gating, you'll start to see that they say, okay, uh, you can submit one invoice, two invoices, or three invoices. The reason that we're talking about getting your documents together and making sure that you have three invoices is because I've noticed and a lot of other sellers have noticed that if you submit you know, one invoice with their, their other documentation like a home market occupation permit, a sales tax license, any of the other things that they might ask you for, that they still just reject you, mm-hmm. right? But if you submit the three invoices and they meet all of the requirements, that you, you're done. Okay. So make sure you have those three invoices. Make sure that they have your name and the business's name, the contact information for the business, the names of the products that you purchased, which is going to be your private label brand, obviously. Mm. And then the document issuer's name, address, phone number, email, or website. So they want the same contact information for the supplier that they have for you so that they can verify all of those kinds of things. Now, let me ask you this quick question. Where do people find the actual form to start filling this process out? 
It's inside Seller Central. Okay. So if you just type in uh, in your Seller Central search, ungating or gated categories. Okay. A lot of times it'll come up, and it'll, then you just select the category that you're trying to get ungated in. Okay, that's easy enough. I'm sure there's a better way to do that, but that's how I've always done it. Hey, so. that's uh, <laughs> that, that's the way you did it. That's the way we're gonna we're gonna say that it's <laughs> it has been done. And and like you said, there's there's probably a hundred different ways you can do things, but this is just your experience, and that's why I wanted to kind of tackle um, this topic with you because I know you've been through it uh, numerous times, and we just went through it. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of show people what the process is. So. Cool. All right. Let's uh, let's move. Let's move on. So what is the next thing we need to do? So right now we know our category. We know that it is indeed a gated category. Mm -hmm. We've talked to our supplier and told them what we need. The next step is to prepare our documents. We need to make sure that those invoices that the supplier has given us, those three invoices, have all of the stuff that Amazon wants on them. But in addition to that, Amazon may come to you and say, we want some other things as well. And that's when you want to make sure you have your website uh, your sales tax license, if you have one, if your state requires you to have a, a home occupation permit mm-hmm. to work from your house, you can have that. Uh, for beauty or health and personal care specifically, you can get a copy of the FDA certificate from your supplier so that you have that kind of in your back pocket. And the reason that you want to have all that stuff in place up front is even though you're submitting these three invoices and that's all the documentation that Amazon asks you for, they do have some other things that they may come back and you just want to have them all in one place so you can get through this process as quickly as possible. Hmm. What I have noticed is it seems like when they approve you, they approve you pretty quickly. If they don't approve you, they kind of wait till the end of the period. They say, oh, you know, it'll be seven to 10 business days until we get you a response. When they do approvals, they get back to you pretty quick. If they're going to deny you, it seems like they wait, you know, till 1159 and 59 seconds of the 10th day and Mm. then they go denied and then they ask you for all of these other things so if you have all that stuff in place up front you can respond a lot more rapidly now let let me ask you this though because i know that we kind of experienced that a little bit is where they would reject you but they didn't give you much of a reason so what happens in, in that point you know what i mean like so what's the process there that you took and also what other people can take so before they can reject us we actually have to submit our case right so Obviously, once you have all your documents together, submit your case to Amazon. It creates a support case for you after you fill out the form. If you haven't heard back from them in in a couple days, follow up and just ask what the status is. And that generally will prompt somebody to actually look at it. And at that point, they can approve you or reject you. If they reject you, what I like to do is respond right away and just say something similar to this. Hey, I noticed that you didn't approve us and I was just curious why. We submitted three invoices. They contained all of the information. And basically, I just copy and paste out mm-hmm. of what they asked the invoices to have, right? Okay. All three invoices that we submitted were dated within the last 90 days. They had the name of our company and the name of the business that we bought the product from. They had our contact information. Literally, I'm just going down and bullet pointing everything that was included in the invoices, which is the stuff that they tell me specifically on their website that they asked for. Mm-hmm. In some cases, I've had them go, oh, sorry ungated. Uh, In other cases, they respond and say, oh, well, it wasn't that. It was that we didn't understand what the product was or we couldn't find the manufacturer. Can you give us more information? And then in yet other cases, they just don't respond at all, Mm -hmm. which is annoying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and the third case is where a lot of people end up stuck in in this ungating purgatory type of situation. And I know we had a couple people in, in the class that ran into that as well. 
um, where you're just kind of stuck in limbo and you have no idea what's going on. In that case, I like to close that support case. I wait a day or two and I open up another one with the hopes that I get a different rep. And a mm. lot of times you will get a different rep. Um, now, do you ever call in on this or do you just always use the email? I have called the catalog team on a couple occasions. Um, and if you guys ever have any issues, and this is a shout out to Bill Sratwa, um, the catalog team, specifically the catalog team in North Dakota, anything to do with listing, ungating, um, flat file, which I know you guys have heard me talk about in the past, any of those kinds of things, the catalog team can help you with. But I believe ungating is actually handled by a different department. Okay. So a lot of times they, they'll look at it and they'll just say, hey, you know, I can't do anything with it. I can pass it on to the person. Once you've been given a rep, that rep is the person who will respond to you. So if you're lucky enough to get an American rep, sometimes they can transfer you to that person. Oh, okay. But most of these people are in uh, India. And so you end up with kind of an overnight approval process and you can't always get a hold of them on the phone, but it cannot hurt to call and mm. ask why you were rejected. Yeah. And yeah. in one case, I actually have gotten a hold of the rep who was responsible for the case. And I said, look, you know, it contains everything. And again, I went through the bullet points. They're dated within the last 90 days. They have all this stuff. And they, they said, oh, you know, basically we get 10 seconds to look at it. And if it doesn't, if, it, if everything's not obvious and called out for us, we can't do it. Okay. So another reason why to be very, very uh, clear on all of the things that they ask for and really highlight them as you as you've done. Well, and so the other thing that I've started to do is if you get stuck in that search third situation, I can speak English today yeah. <laughs> uh, in that third situation where you're stuck in kind of this purgatory, this limbo. You like that word this morning, don't you? Purgatory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it, you, you know, sound really smart. It, it describes, I'm just using multi-syllabic words for you, Scott. That's beautiful. Um, All right, keep going, Chris. You're making me uh, feel like I'm getting an education this morning. This is good. If you're stuck in that limbo yeah, and you know that you do comply with all of these regulations, what I've actually started to do is I've gone in and literally Photoshopped onto the invoices and said, you know, highlighted the date and said okay. this is within the last 90 days. You know, yeah. today's date is... yeah. X arrow here yeah. is within 90 days. Right. Uh, here is my name. Yep. Here is the issuing business name. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my contact information. Here's the names of my products. And I had, you know, I had a, a rapid seller support immediately approve it upon resubmission. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like it's the exact same invoice. All I did was went in and Photoshopped it. I wouldn't mm -hmm. do that up front, but if you do get stuck in that limbo, it can, can help. Yeah, you're like taking that invoice and you're saying like, see right here and you're pointing to it with your finger like it's right here. See, you asked for this. Here it is. And here's this. And it's kind of like, OK, what are just tell me what is it that you need me to give you and I'll give it to you. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, OK, so we've submitted everything. Let's say that we still are not getting this thing approved. Uh, do you give up? Do you open another support? Do you I mean, what, what else can we do? I wouldn't give up, and I actually had somebody, I think it was somebody inside the private label classroom, that submitted six or seven different cases. Oh, wow. Okay. With the same information. It was eventually just approved. Okay. Um, and it comes down to the rep and how much time they're actually willing to spend looking at it. Okay. Right? So if you are denied, the first thing that I would do is, is what I said earlier, and just reopen the support ticket because they close it. You reopen it and say, I don't understand. Can you help me? Half the time, they will respond and say, we were missing this, we were missing that. You can then at that point respond and say, no, you weren't. It's in the top left-hand corner. Or, mm -hmm. oh, 
you're right. It didn't have the correct address on it, which is, I, I think, one of the reasons that, that you and I struggled a little bit with the project that we're working on is the address didn't match the registered address of the business. Yeah, I was going to have you highlight that. So on that, on that, on that topic right there real quick. So, you know, to kind of let people know. So that was one of the things that, cause we had a full out website. I mean, I have authority website that's being, that's being, that's been built and being built. Um, so that wasn't a problem. Uh, the address was, I think the issue, right? Yeah. And so the, the shipping and billing address was different on the invoice than it was both for the registered company and different yet again from what's on the Amazon account, I believe. Yes. And so once we matched those things up, it went through just fine with the same set of invoices. Mm. So, yeah. So all we did was we, we just had to fix it. And I didn't really realize that because I haven't been in the, the, uh, you know, that billing kind of information in a long time. And, uh, we, we've since, you know, after you did your LLC and all of that stuff, we, we didn't update that. So because of that, there was a, there was a little bit of a not matching, uh, you know, in, in those both areas that they were looking at, but they didn't come right out and say that, right. We had to kind of like go back and say, what, what isn't aligning here? Right. And that's literally what I ended up doing because we ended up we ended up in that I'm going to use your favorite word now purgatory. Uh, we ended up in that limbo where the the person who was assigned to our case just would not give us an answer a straight answer on anything. And it will happen, you know. Sometimes you get success and they say, "Oh, you know, you're missing your address." And looking at it and going line by line through the requirements in the category and the what was on the invoice, I said, "You know, hey, this doesn't match." And it's just because I happen to know your situation. This doesn't match with what you've told me in the past about where you're registered, what the registered address of the business is. As soon as we reached out and got that fixed by the supplier, we were good to go. And literally what it, it, it took was pulling the invoice up on one monitor, the requirements up on the other one, and going, yes, yes, wait a minute. Okay. That one's wrong. Yep. Yes, yes. Yep. Okay, it has to be that because there's no other reason. And Amazon's not going to reject you for no reason. They're only going to reject you if if something doesn't doesn't jive or if they can't find something. Yeah. And I guess the frustrating part of that was, is that that did seem like it took a little bit longer than we expected. It took about three weeks. Yeah. It took uh, about and, three weeks on that and, one. and honestly, I think it was rejected twice. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of speaks to what I said a little bit earlier, where they say, I think it's seven to 10 days is what the the, the general time. guideline for time is. Okay. And it seems like, and I've noticed this with other people who I've helped get ungated as well. If they reject it, they kind of wait that whole 10 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then on that, that submission where I looked at it and said, okay, the business address doesn't match. Let's make sure we have three invoices, not just one or two. Um, that was approved within a day and a half. Yeah. Which was as soon as the person looked at it. I mean, if you look at the support log, it's like, you know, looked at by rep approved. Right. And so, you know, it can take that seven to 10 business days. And if you have a couple turns on that, it can take two weeks or three weeks if you get rejected up front. So make sure you're planning on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's those are some good good points there. And just to let people know, again, I mean, just because you get knocked down doesn't mean that you you can't still, you know, get back up and, and, and fight that thing. Because, you know, as long as you're giving them what they want and what they need then you should be fine. I talked to another uh, guy a while ago who was trying to get into, I think it was beauty. And um, there was part of his product was a hazmat material. Ooh, yeah. And that he had a really, really, really hard time um, getting uh, getting approved. Um, and I think he even got approved. And then I think after he was selling, they then 
they basically uh, told him that he couldn't sell it anymore after that inventory was gone um, because it came back in. And I don't know if it was because he had a way to get around it and then they figured it out. So I would tell people to don't try to get around it temporarily because you don't want that either. Um, you know, but understand that, uh, you know, when you do have a product, especially, you know, like, like Chris was saying, like, you know, something that you can consume, uh, you know, internally and or topically, you know, as far as like a cream or a lotion or oils or any of that stuff, uh, oils I know are, are pretty, pretty big for hazmat. So you got to be careful with those things. Uh, but again, I mean, you know, we ran into some obstacles, we got through it and, uh, you know, we were able to then move on to the next the next phase of this thing. So why don't we do a quick little recap there, Chris? Why don't you walk through those um, different steps again quickly to kind of just put it into a nice, neat little order, and then um, we can go ahead and wrap this baby up. What do you say? Sounds good. So step one, know your category. If you're in one of the 20 plus categories that require you to be ungated, you need to know where you're going to list up front. And that's going to come in where you are actually doing product research. You should know what category that product is going to be in at that point. Step two, when you're in discussions with your supplier, you're getting ready to place that first order. Make sure that they give you three invoices for that first order and that it has all of the information that you need to be ungated. Step three, prepare your documents. Make sure you have those invoices. Double check them against the requirements for your category. And if you need to tweak anything or change an address, anything like that, Talk to your supplier again and have them fix that. If you need anything else or they ask for anything else that may be some supporting documentation, something like a Salesforce, uh, Salesforce, sales tax certificate or a website address, any of those kinds of things, keep those in your back pocket, but make sure you have them kind of bundled and ready to go. Step four, submit your case. Go ahead and submit to be ungated in that category. Make sure you select the three invoices tab because they will let you submit with one, and supporting documentation or two with supporting documentation. But what I've noticed is when you do that, they tend to reject it because you don't meet the actual requirements of the category. And specifically for things like health and personal care and beauty, they do call out in the requirements that you have those three invoices, but they let you submit under those other two options as well. Don't do it. Just submit under the three invoices option, and that will cut down on a whole bunch of headaches to begin with. Step five is follow up. If you don't hear back from them within a couple days, follow up on that case. If they reject you, follow up on that case as well. Ask them why you were rejected. And if they don't give you an answer, close the case, open a new one, and specifically call out everything that's contained within those three invoices and let them know that you understand what the requirements are and that what you're submitting to them matches those requirements. And you should be good to go. All right. Well, that was good. Nice and tidy little list there, Chris. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> and you used a couple big words this morning, so uh, you're, you're feeling sharp. You're feeling sharp. Um, all right. Yeah. So again, I just want to let people know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to business in general, right? And this is just one of them, especially if you're going to go into a gated category. The other thing I would want to, I guess, bring attention to is while you're doing your product research, you also probably want to see if you're looking at a gated category. Because that's going to be another thing that will come into the mix. And maybe for your first product, you don't want to go through this. Well, you might want to know that before you start looking into that type of product or those products or that market. Um, so just be aware um, of what you're up against when you do start. Now, I would not want to say don't do it because you're going up against that. But I'm saying if you don't want to go through this process, your first product, because it's another thing you got to go through, 
then just put that on the back burner or shelf it and then move on to something else. But you do want to know up front if you're going into a gated category. The other thing I would like to go back to again is, you know, don't try to get into a secondary category that you think you can fit a product into if it really doesn't fit. Like, again, we don't want to do anything that is, you know, you know, where you're kind of in that gray area, right? Where, where Amazon can come in and say, you know, listen, we just seen that you just tried to get around this, uh, this thing. And now we've realized it. And now we're going to, we're going to, you know, suspend your account or whatever. We don't want that to happen. So we want to, we want to stay above board, um, as much as possible. So don't do that unless you know that it is a true fit. Um, so that's pretty much, I think going to wrap that part of this up. Chris, is there any last a little thing that you want to add in here for anyone that's listening that's thinking about going into a gated category? No, I think you pretty much nailed it, brother. Uh, I mean, the only other thing, and and we've touched on it a couple times, is don't don't let this get you frustrated. It can be a very frustrating process, especially when you're waiting that 10 days just to get an email that says, oops, sorry, uh, we spent 10 seconds looking at it. Don't Don't get frustrated by that. Understand that this is going to be either the simplest thing you've ever done or a time-intensive process. It's a 50-50 shot. Um, <laughs> you really, yeah. I mean, there's you kind of got to kind of let go and and go with it and, and kind of roll with the punches. Don't let it get you frustrated. You will get ungated. It's just a matter of how long it takes you to do it. As long as you're meeting those requirements, and we can list out a bunch of those either in like a little PDF that goes along with this or just in the show notes in general, some of the stuff that we've talked about here today. Um, as long as you're meeting those requirements, you will get ungated. You may run into a rep or two who doesn't take enough time to actually look at your stuff to know that it meets those requirements. But don't let it frustrate you from that. You know, Don't throw your hands up. Don't give up. Keep moving forward on it. Just understand that you may have to submit once, twice, three times, ten times, however long it takes to actually get to a rep who understands what's going on. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I, again, I want to just uh, reiterate that uh, you know there's going to be uh, obstacles, right? And this is just one of them. So if you're running across this, or maybe you're in the process of this, take with with, with what uh, Chris just shared with us and just keep following up and be that squeaky wheel in a sense, right? Um, it's not going to hurt to keep trying. And I think that one little golden nugget that I like what you said was, you know, if you're starting to really feel like you're running up against a wall, open a new case, try to get a new rep. I think that's a good one. Um, so Chris, I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. You're always a great guest and I know that you have a ton of information. That's why I wanted to have you on here and you use big fancy words. Makes me (laughs) look smarter. So I want to thank you once again. I'll let you get on with your day. And uh, again, just want to say thanks so much for taking time out of your morning to to share this info with uh, the TAS community. So thanks, brother. Anytime, man. All right, so there you go. Another great, uh, another great episode with Chris Schaefer. Uh, you know, him and I have become really, really good friends. He's quite a bit younger than I am, but he is smart, smart guy. And uh, I have a lot of fun hanging out with him, uh, whether it's online or if it's in person. Uh, we uh, we've been at a few events now together, and every time we walk away saying like, you know, we just love this stuff. I mean, we just love talking about it. And to remind you guys again, if you want to ask. Chris a question or myself a question. We do live workshops as well. We walk people through the five phases to to getting set up and launching your first product. You can always register for one of them, an upcoming one, by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 
workshop. And uh, yeah, we just, we love doing that stuff. If you guys want to hang out with us at a live event, we may be doing another one here in the future. And if you want to be notified of when we do one, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live. And hopefully by the time that you listen to this, if you go to that link, I'll actually have some footage from our last live events. You can check that out. And uh, we did a hot seat session there that was recorded on Periscope that we uh, we could uh, share there as well. I think we're going to probably share that. And I'm saying this because I haven't actually did it, but I'm recording this a little bit further ahead. So I'm assuming it's going to be there. So you might want to check that out and see if that live footage is there. Uh, so I just, again, want to remind you about the show notes. If you wanted to download... Uh, the transcripts for this episode or just read them or the show notes or any of that stuff, the links, all that stuff that we discussed here, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 212 and you can find all that stuff there. All right, guys, so that is it. That is going to wrap it up. Hopefully, you uh, you understand now how to get yourself ungated and to understand the process, all right? So, uh Hopefully, you got a ton of value from that episode. And if you need to, go back and listen to it again. I know we covered quite a bit. All right, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. I know you've said it before, and I've heard you. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you, guess where? Yeah, that's right, right back here on the next episode.